these highs are always followed by lows and you can't forget you know, what you need to do on a daily basis. It was just a nice reminder that even though there will be some cool experiences and, and the business needs to run, there needs to be stuff that stuff needs to get done on a day-to-day business. The printer needs to work. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we talk to athletes, adventurers, and business owners from around the world of adventure sports. Whether you're climbing Mount Everest, starting a bike shop, or getting up off your couch to take your kids hiking for the first time, we want you to have the motivation and inspiration you need to chase that next adventure. The Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by Camp Crate, the leaders in fully planned self-guided backpacking adventures, as well as backpacking gear rental. You can check them out at campcrate.net. Before I knew better, I used to carry cans of food into the backcountry um, like a doofus. Uh, obviously, I don't do that anymore. I use freeze-dried food, and I really only use Peak Refuel, uh, the best backpacking food, the best freeze-dried food in the world. And if you keep listening to the episode, I can show you how to save 20% off an order if you want some. Oh man, what a week. It has been a long week. I don't know if it's been the same for you, but man, I'm glad it's Friday. And uh, we have a Life Outside the Box episode that you are obviously listening to. And it, it we kind of jump into it with the interview, but we were interviewing uh, Ruben Martinez. He's the founder of Glamping Hub. And if you've never heard of that, um, it's based in Denver. They also have a headquarters in Spain as well. Uh, but they are like an Airbnb, very similar to that or VRBO, but for unique outdoor accommodations. So like tree houses and boat houses and uh, tents, um, like canvas tents, like glamping tents. And if you're not familiar with the term glamping, it's just glamour camping. Um, so it is a little bit outside the box for us. Uh, we're not talking to like an adventure sports enthusiast necessarily, but we are talking to someone who is getting people from staying in hotels to staying outside or staying in something much more uh, conducive to adventure. And hopefully that will lead them to eventually do something like a camp crate where they go backpacking or where they go mountain biking or something, because a lot of their trips also have associated experiences um, near where they'll be staying. So if you're staying in a glamping tent outside of Moab, there might be some mountain bike place that's really close by that they encourage you to go try out as well. So it's kind of a unique experience. And we just kind of hear from uh, Ruben about the idea of how to start it, um, some of the difficulties that it's been in the first, you know, I think they were like five years in or so. And uh, they went from just a handful of listings uh, around Colorado to they're up to close to 40,000 listings worldwide now, and they have some incredible places listed on there. So um, if you're interested in doing something really unique for your next vacation, I definitely check out Glamping Hub. There's a lot of just unbelievable like lodging situations there. So check them out. I hope you enjoy our episode. As always, you can give us a call and leave a voicemail at 812 mail pod you can send us an email info at adventuresportspodcast.com or you can become or and or you can become a patron of the show and support us financially costs either one dollar a month is our lowest tier 
It also could be $5 a month or anything you want. And so uh, it really goes a long way to support us, to help us out, and we appreciate it. All right, here's the episode. Enjoy, and please forgive me for my rambling. Not really. Um, you know, you founded and still operate Glamping Hub. Why don't you tell everyone what what that is and, and why you're different than some of your competitors? Sure. Um, yeah, we started this back in 2011, 2012. And, and the reason that we started it was because we, we started looking online and we noticed that unique outdoor accommodations, there was a lot of information out there, um, but it was fragmented. So if an individual wanted to book something different and unique, there wasn't a one-stop shop and there wasn't a place where they can go and get all the information that they needed. Um, and so that was essentially the, the, the foundation um, around the idea of, of Glamping Hub. How do we provide just a different, unique experience for anybody who comes to our website? Because it didn't take us long you know, during the research process to, to realize that there's thousands upon tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of these types of accommodations all over the world. But we wanted to make sure that we provided the right experience, not only for the guest who is um, trying to book these types of accommodations, but also for the property owner, because each one of these um, properties, it's a different business with, with a different individual and a different team. And so they have different sets of, of needs. So what's different about us um, compared to any other website is that other websites like Airbnb or, or other booking engines, you know, they're focused on the cities. They're focused on, uh, the Metro area and, and they do it really well. And that's just not a game that, that we're in. We are focused on the people who live in the city and who want to get outside and, and be in mother nature, uh, but do something different, unique and, and be comfortable. And a lot of our accommodations have a, uh, either an activity, an experience like river rafting, rock climbing, um, cross-country skiing, fly fishing, wine tasting that are either on site or, or, or in the area. And so we're different because we're not only highlighting the accommodation, but we're highlighting what you can do um, in the area, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how do you guys do that? Do you, you don't actually outfit the, uh, the experiences. Do you leave that up to the hosts or do you partner with organizations that are doing, you know, activities? Yeah, a little bit of everything, but typically the host does a really good job of, you know, they know the area, they know the, the local economy they know the different outfitters. Um, so they usually, um, will, will typically, set that up for for the guests so they can book it on our website and, and, and have an add-on uh, experience or activity or it's something that they can arrange once they're there on site and they're on the property but the host is is typically the one that does the arrangement now moving forward in 2019 there'll be some more opportunity on our website for more um, kind of add-on experiences through other big partners um but for right now, the, the host usually leads the charge to, to make sure that if somebody's going to Moab, um, that they, they and they're staying in a safari tent, that they can, you know, for example, have uh, red, red mountain bikes and, and all the gear that they need. You know, with, with glamping, it seems to be kind of on the rise here in the States. I know it's been big in the UK for a while and in Europe. Um, 
Do you see this as a fad kind of coming and going? Or how, how do you guys feel about it at Glamping Hub? Is this something like you think that's here to stay? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've seen it's it's actually a little overwhelming the amount of growth. Um, and, and so it's, it's as far away from a fad as possible. Um, there's big camps that keep popping up within the United States. Um, there's a lot of properties that, um, and, and everybody from small mom and pop shops to hotel chains that are um, getting into unique outdoor accommodations. So, you know, when you think about it, the reason why it's been on the rise is because it literally has everything that you like about, uh, you know, traditional camping and dis- discards everything that you don't like. You know, it's the opportunity to be able to experience Mother Nature um, and but be comfortable. You know, it's the idea of being able to go on a long hike and and experience, um, you know, the, the mountains, but not have to go and essentially sleep on, on the floor. And you know, we see the rise um, from a few different demographics, but in particular, uh, millennials, uh, millennials over in the next 16 months now will spend more on uh, travel uh, than than any other generation. Um, so that that's that's a that's a big stat there. And then also the fact that um, they will save more for travel uh, than than paying off student debt, than um, um, saving for a house. So travel is a huge initiative and priority for the millennial generation. And now they're coming into more. Uh, purchasing power. And, and for that generation uh, that's now starting to get a little bit more disposable income, doing something that's different and unique and outdoors is just right up their, their alley. Um, so the demand is there and then the supply is also on the rise. I mean, you look at small business owners, if they're going to go ahead and put up a, a, a traditional brick and mortar uh, bed and breakfast, it's expensive. It's, it's time labor. There's, there's complicated zoning. Um, and, and, and you need a lot of capital to be able to do that for certain unique outdoor accommodations. It's a fraction of the cost. And so it's been able to see a lot of these business owners and, and landowners get creative. And that's, what's different between the, the glamping industry in the United States and maybe other countries, um, countries like the, the UK, uh, or, or uh, regions like the UK and specifically England they have a very kind of specific mindset when it comes to what glamping is. Um, but America has done what America does best and has innovated. And basically you, you look at all these different uh, property owners and they, and they've just made it their own. They, they tailor it towards their uh, market. They tailor it towards uh, their property. They tailor it towards their expertise and, and, and what they want out of it. And there's been a lot of innovation here in the U S compared to other industries and, and or other markets and that's why it's 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 not going anywhere it's it's actually um starting to take a new life of its own and i mean you just look at our the visits that we receive on our website every single day it's growing at a, at a pretty rapid rate mm. well i mean that's good news you know for you guys sure <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere and hopefully it, it, if it ever declines it's it's built a foundation that's here to stay and, you know, it's interesting seeing that uh, it's kind of what I do. People people want to have these authentic, really kind of in touch with nature experiences. Uh, but a lot of folks just don't know where to start. And uh, if they're traveling somewhere, just a different type of lodging. It's really simple. Um, 
a necessary way to start because, you know, you got to sleep somewhere. They might not right. be ready for like a, a crazy backpacking experience or a wilderness experience, but they're, they're ready to stay in a soft sided, literally canvas structure. And I think that's, what's great. You know, you look at a, a state just like Colorado, where there's just an endless amount of options to be able to be outside. But for some people, just, you know, to your point, it's, it's, it's daunting and, and can be even traditional camping can be, you know, um, expensive. So people who want to go up into, uh, you know, anywhere outside of, of Denver and do any of the countless outdoor activities that, that are provided and they want to stay up there. If somebody's new to, to Denver and you know, there's a lot of, uh, transplants, they may not have the tent and the cooler and the grill and the sleeping bag and, and the headlamp and, and everything that you need. And, and I, I mean, I go traditional camping several times a year and I look at my garage and, and you still need a lot of stuff like you do. And I've got two young daughters and to go camping with the family is, is no small feat. I always joke that when I'm, when we're doing these trips, um, I always say that my, my, my neighbors think one of two things are happening. One is that I'm, I'm moving because I'm loading so much stuff up into my car where that if they don't know me, it looks like I'm robbing the house because I'm running, running out in, in just a, a furious um, uh, fashion. So the beauty of being able to do these outdoor unique accommodations is that you don't need all that stuff. You know, for, and it's great for people who might be new to the outdoors where they can go and experience it and not have to go spend $2,000 on all the gear that, that you need. And it's a way where I think both industries win because they can experience Mother Nature and then figure out, hey, I also want to do some more traditional camping. And, and now that I'm up here, I'm going to go, you know, get into mountain biking. I'm going to get into rock climbing. I'm going to get into all the different um, experiences that, I mean, every state, you know, has, but I think Colorado is, is blessed that there's just countless um, experiences that people can get into. So, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I used to carry cans of food into the backcountry. And uh, I know there's, a lot lighter things to do, but uh, there's just a lot of options that aren't good for you or either too heavy, um, and that's why I really do uh, use Peak Refuel now. Um, they're a new backpacking food company, and I say backpacking food. Really, it's just uh, freeze-dried food that you can use for anything. I've actually eaten it for dinner before with my family uh, because it's real food. It's not... It does not taste like backpacking food or hunting food or something that you're only going to eat in the backcountry. It's it's delicious, high uh, in protein, uh, nutritious. It is going to refuel you. It is filling huge portions, and I really encourage you all to give it a shot. At least try it out, uh, and that is peakrefuel.com. And if you want to get 20% off an order, uh, use the code ASP20, and that's capital asp then two zero. Now back to the episode. So you know you you started this this company with with your friend. What what were those early days like? How uh, how quickly did you get a sense of oh man this is this is happening or like holy cow this is this is really difficult. Right. I mean early early days I think for any business can be. Uh, <laughs> tough and challenging but i think it you know for us there was always a sense of that this is going to be big and, and there's just a lot to grapple with and, and our challenge early on was always well how do we do this and, and what's the best 
path forward because there's, there's, you look at unique outdoor accommodations and glamping specifically. I mean, there's, there's weddings, there's, there's music festivals, there's, um, corporate retreats. Uh, so there's a lot of different directions that you can head. And so for us, what helped us was just try to stay true to um, our brand and, and who we're trying to serve and our market in particular. I mean, we do very well in the United States, but Australia and New Zealand is a, is a good market for us, Canada, um, Europe. And so as you look at all these big markets, it, it becomes daunting. So um, when we first started, um, you know, we were just trying to figure everything out and, and you make a lot of um, early mistakes and you, you fail um, uh, quickly and you fail often. And, uh, you know, for us, it, it took us a while, but you know, we've done, I think, a really good job now of surrounding ourselves with people who are a lot smarter than we are um, and and making sure that we have a leadership team um, that is not only as dedicated, but as passionate, but um, as intelligent and more intelligent than, than we are and, and who've been there and, and who, who've done um, you know, what, what we're searching to do. And so, yeah, the, the early part of growing a business takes you to some pretty dark places. Um, because there's just a lot of unknown, there's a lot of risk, there's a lot of um, failure. And I mean, that's the reason why a lot of businesses, you know, don't get to the second phase. I mean, why 90% of all businesses fail is because the first part of, of, of creating a business is, is tough. And, and you hear it, you know, people will always say it, or you look at the stats, but until you, you know, experience what it's like to, to not make any money until you, you know what it's like to to, you know, that your heart beats so fast because, you know, you've just made a big mistake or you've made a hiring mistake or, um, that feeling of, man, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, then it becomes real. But without those experiences, I I think it's very hard to get to phase two or three because it makes you, you know, the business owner and the person and the friend and, and, and the coworker that you need to be. And, And the reality is that, um, you know, for any, um, outdoor business or any outdoor um, startup, there's just a lot of opportunity and there's just the the growth is, is incredible and there's just a lot to handle. And so the reality is that you just, you know, you realize um, quickly that there's no shortcuts and, and you man, that's, that's good to hear. I mean, you guys seem to have just launched into this trajectory of success from, you know, day one, but yeah, you, you talk to any founder anyone that started anything, especially something as, as big as Glamping Hub or as uh, unique. Yeah. You're, you're in a total panic for a long time. It feels like <laughs> I mean, so right. much of your life revolves around stress. So when for you, did you, was there a moment or a time frame where you were like, okay, we got this or has it always been just success, failure, success, failure, just on bigger and bigger scales to where it's such a slow trajectory. You just feel the same as you did in month three. Right. No, you know, I, I hope one day we'll feel like we have this, but we're definitely even, you know, the size now and how many properties we have. And we've got an office in Spain and an office in Denver and we do bookings, you know, every day all, all around the world. There's, I don't, I, I can I can honestly say I don't think we feel like we have it yet because of the amount of potential, um, just just what is still yet to be done. And so what we've 
focused on is is you know what's next what's next for 2019 how do we move forward in the right direction um because there's there's always going to be a sense of of um urgency and 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 potential in the moment that we feel like we've got this i'd almost be scared because then you become complacent this can be a very very competitive industry there's a lot of people trying to um do um, you know kind of what we're doing, but just being able to maximize and and and, and take advantage of the outdoor um, market. And so, I think it's very important for us to focus on what's next and not get caught up on, hey, we've made it or 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 we've got it, because um, you know we we know how big this can be and we know um, all of the potential. And so, that's a big responsibility for not only us, but everybody in the organization to make sure that we realize that potential. What part of the experience with running the business and growing the business do you find the most rewarding? Like what really gets you excited? Is it hearing people's reactions about their experience? Is it providing jobs for people? What do you like? Because, you know, when a lot of businesses grow, a lot of founders have this original passion, but then it gets diluted with all the other responsibilities of like, you know, uh, board meetings and, and, and <laughs> dealing with all this crap that you didn't foresee, you know, when you were right. sending two people glamping and you were like, holy crap, like, look at these pictures. This is incredible. So, so right. what is it like? What's that been like for you? And what, and what do you find the most rewarding? Right. I think this is a very, it has been from day one and continues to be today and will be, I think, until... Um, you know, the end of our tenure here, but the, it, it is one of the most humbling, uh, experiences. I mean, yes, it is, it's great being able to, to collaborate and, and go see some of these beautiful properties. And, and we do something called the global glamping summit, which another one will be here in Denver in, um, next October. And we get to just shake hands and, and have these great conversations with these business owners all around outdoor unique accommodations and just seeing, and hearing what they're doing is, is, is fascinating. So, you know, a big part of the reward is, is having interactions with some really talented people, not only within Glamping Hub, but within the industry. Um, but on top of that, I can tell you that it is one of the more humbling experiences, you know, from, from day one. And, and it's humbling because you, you um, at least for me, there's a, a daily reminder that, that, that I don't know everything. And you have to learn to be able to innovate and you have to be open to that growth and you have to, um, you know, be constantly asking the right questions, you know, and, and early on, you know, it's even more humbling because you're, you're trying to do the board meeting, you're trying to create a strategy. And, you know, if there's five people in your organization, when the printer breaks, you got to also fix a printer, you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit of everything. And, and so that becomes a very humbling experience, but, um, I would say, yeah, I mean, it's the mixture of being able to, um, have those conversations and, and interact with very talented people. It's the ability to kind of consistently and constantly be learning new things. I mean, there's got a long list of, of things that we want to accomplish in 2019 and, and we don't know how to do all of them. And that's the process of being able to figure it out and learn and, and work with the right people. And, and, uh, yeah, so I would, I would honestly say that one of the biggest rewards is, is, um, that you just have this kind of gratitude and, and gratefulness for the humbling journey. So what's, what's a specific scenario that humbled you? 
Um, you know, we, we, uh, uh, kind of a long story, but I'll try and keep it, um, brief. Um, you know, I'll kind of go back to the, the, um, printer example, but when, when early on, when we were trying to raise money, we flew out to Barcelona or some of our, um, investors are, are Spanish, but we had an introduction to, um, a man named Gerard Piquet, which if, if for, those who don't know who he is, he's won a World Cup. He's um, a starting defender for Barcelona, their soccer team. He's married, uh, most notably, to Shakira. And he's a very well-known businessman. Um, and he's he's made um, a tremendous wealth playing soccer over the last few years. And so we got an introduction to him to potentially be an investor. So you sit down with somebody. I'm sitting right next to him. And I look on his phone and his screensaver, Shakira. You know, that's a whole other... Um, uh, uh, you know, just a feeling of, wow, you know, this guy is, is kind of top of his game. He's married to Shakira. He's got his own building full of, um, these businesses that he runs on the side, um, as well. And so, you know, we have this great conversation with them and, and, um, as soon as we get back, you know, you're riding high, wow, look, this is the circle that we're now in and, and here's the access that we have. And we come back in and to the office. And at that point in time, walk back into the door and instead of it being like, well, how'd it go? And how is everything, you know, the printer's broken. And so you end up spending, you know, 45 minutes trying to figure out, uh, how to fix the printer because you know, people needed to print stuff. And so, you know, that was a very humbling experience because there's always, you know, these highs are always followed by lows and you can't forget, you know, what you need to do on a daily basis. And it was just a nice reminder that, um, even though there will be some cool experiences and, and, and some great introductions and, and some great learning, the, the, the business needs to run. There needs to be stuff that stuff needs to get done on a day-to-day business. The printer needs to work. And so you can't get caught up in these highs because um, there's, there's not only a, uh, a market guess that we need to serve, but our employees are our, our biggest asset. And we got to make sure that they have the tools and resources um, so that they can be the best versions of themselves. It's just funny, man. You know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, you're like, holy crap, like, look where we are. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, your, your dog has peed all over the carpet or something, you know what I mean? Like, and you got to deal with the most mundane task. Right. Right. After. Right. There's yeah, that's so funny. Life, life always has a funny way to remind you, um, of reality. That is too so. funny, man. Too funny. So, yeah, so you guys have seen some serious success. Uh, you know, I don't know how you react to that. You probably remain, you know, pretty focused, but uh, and say no, we're not there yet. Um, but so, so, where do you where do you want Glamping Hub to be, say, in a decade? What what is ideally? What does it look like to you? No, that's a good question. You know, I think there's um, for us. We focused a lot on the United States, and um, and that's been a great market for us. But there's also additional international markets that we want to um, be a bigger part in. Um, so that's uh, a part of it. And you know, for us, ten years from now, we would love to be able to have you know, the, the best version possible of this global glamping summit that we, that we run. Um, obviously, everything with the day to day with Glamping Hub and serving the American market but we i mean honestly 
you know, we feel that, that we're not far off from being that household name where people sit down at a computer and they say, great, we've got next weekend off. What do you guys want to do? And we're at the top of the list that people say, well, let's go stay in a yurt and, and go mountain biking or let's go to a safari tent and they've got this great fly fishing spot, you know, around the corner or, you know, let's, let's uh, fly out to, uh, um, uh, Florida and, and, and they've got this beachside kind of beach casita. So we feel that we're not far off from being one of the top choices, if not the top choice when people sit down and, and plan their next trip, you know, and I, I honestly feel that way because just seeing the, the, the shifts in travel trends where yes, people still need to stay in hotels and yes, people still need to, um, book an Airbnb when they go on, on business and, or, uh, um, things like that. But the way that the travel trends are are shifting, when when people have that free weekend or that holiday trip or the family reunion or the anniversary trip, um, people want to do something different. They don't want to be in a hotel. Um, they don't want to. Um, they don't want to do something that they've done ten times over. They want to be able to go to one place and one website and say, you know, what's different? What's what's unique? Wow, I've never stayed in a treehouse before. Let's go do that. That's only an hour away. Or I've never stayed in a safari tent before. Look at this. Look what's in, in that area. And so there's this there's this palpable um, uh, change in how people are, are traveling. And we feel that we're positioned to uh, be that, that tool and resource so that people can kind of have a once-in-a-lifetime vacation every time that they go on vacation. Um, and it, I don't think that we're far off from that. Time for a quick message break. So you know that this show is brought to you by Camp Crate, and you hear that name quite a bit, but you might not know exactly what it is. Basically, Camp Crate is the bridge between people who want to have a backpacking experience but don't have gear and don't know where to start with planning. Um, they're extremely helpful. They'll rent you the gear, and they ship it right to your front door. Uh, if you just have friends that are already going but you just are tagging along but you don't have your own stuff or you have gear but really don't know where to go uh, they can help you with all that so go to campcrate.net or send them an email at support at campcrate.net their whole mission is that you get in the backcountry and you have an awesome time on a self-guided adventure back to the episode it sounds like a lot of pressure you know <laughs> to, to keep this uh platform available um i just think about that i'm like what if airbnb just shut down like how many people how many people's lives would that just totally screw i, I mean i don't mean to put pressure on you but not only the employees but the people that you provide the platform for yeah so, so, so how, how do you how do you manage that pressure what's something unique that you do to kind of um garner inspiration on a daily basis or just kind of stay centered that most people probably wouldn't expect. Yeah. You know, um, I think that pressure is good because if there wasn't pressure, then, um, this probably wouldn't be as fun as it is. And, and, you know, I do always joke, um, that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm scared to death the day that I actually have to get a real job because I feel very fortunate that I get to wake up and, and do this every single day. And, and it's a very, because it's a passion and because I love working with, everybody that I get to work with, you know, it just doesn't feel like work anymore. It just feels like it just, it's fun. Um, and so, you know, I think for us, I think in me in particular, it's very important to, um, 
always know who we are serving because then it makes it, I don't want to say easy, but it makes it more straightforward and the pressure doesn't feel as, 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 um, choking, if you will, because, and what we do is that, you know, we do, um, the American Glamping Association. We've got the Global Glamping Summit. Um, I talk to business owners and proper and property owners regularly just to have our finger on the pulse and, and for us to know, um, what the needs are. And when we understand who we're serving and, and when we really understand who we're serving, then the decisions become easy. Uh, you know, at that point, I think for most business owners, if, if they, if the pressure is getting too real or if, if they don't understand who they're serving, you know, those decisions become tough because you end up making some, some mistakes. But for us, it, it's pretty clear know who we serve and, and what we need to do and so i think for me in particular it's making sure that that um i do the best that i can to have my finger on on the pulse and, and the american travel market and then that way you know our strategy and our decisions become um uh, more straightforward and easier and you don't have that feeling of man are we making the right decision are we doing the right thing because we know who we're serving What's something for you that has been surprisingly easy with building Glamping Hub to the point it is? And what's something that's come surprisingly difficult? You know, I think for any business owner, but for us in particular, I mean, finding the right people who are passionate about what we're doing was not as hard as I thought it would be, you know, because this is a business that, that started with the idea of being able, you know, it started as a listing service and we didn't really know what direction we wanted to head at the beginning. And it took a while for us to figure out, you know, the system that was going to work for us. But, you know, when you think of, and you create a business from, from scratch, I think there's a thought in the back of your mind of, man, I really got to convince somebody to be as passionate about this as, as I am. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't there from day one. So are they really going to be as involved and, and passionate and, and love this idea? And that's a thought that goes through your, your mind, but we've been very fortunate to have um, you know, the staff and, and the leadership team that we, we have now. And, and they feel as passionate, if not more about um, what we're doing and, and as an organization. And you know, obviously we couldn't do it, um, without them, but that was, you know, I think I don't want to say easy, but a lot easier than, than, um, I thought, um, you know, hard there's, there's, um, uh, for us, I think it's always maintaining focus. There's a lot, there's so much opportunity in this, in this space and there's so much that we want to do. And you know, my business partner and I, we both have similar personalities in that we just want to do everything. You know, we want to bite off more than we can chew all the time and it becomes a very kind of dangerous exercise. And so it's hard to, um, take a step back and, and not try to run a million miles an hour and make sure that things are done correctly and at the right pace and in sync with the, the rest of the organizational goals and, and, and strategies. Cause you just see the potential and, 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 you know, it sometimes becomes, um, easy to just say, Ooh, that looks fun and exciting. Let's go ahead and do that. Or, Oh, we should jump into that because that looks fun and exciting. And, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes, you know, it can be a distraction. And I think most business owners have some version of that, of, of what is, 
distracting and what is, you know, what needs to get done now. Awesome, man. Well, this is good information. Do, do you have any, anything else you'd like to share with somebody that might be pursuing uh, a career around their passion that involves the outdoors or someone that at least has an idea? I think one early recommendation is, um, uh, I think maybe one or two, but one is you always hear this, but I don't think people, you know, it took us a while to, to grasp this idea because you hear it, but you're like, no, it's okay. We got this, but you know, do your best to surround yourself with some good mentors or people who've been there, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of people, even though, even if you're trying to do something that is, that hasn't been done before, you know, try to align yourself with um, individuals who've who've done something somewhat similar and allow you to kind of save some time and not make the same uh, mistakes is, is, is a huge part of it. And, and, um, you know, anybody who's in this space or anybody who's trying to do something um, for the first time and start a business, just try to make it as real as try to make it real as quickly as possible. And what I mean there is, People will have these ideas and, and we all kind of flirt with different ways to start something and, and you get a business plan maybe and, and you start talking to people, but you never really jump into it because it's scary, right? And, and I'm not saying, great, you've got an idea and maybe it's not thought through completely. Go ahead and quit your day job and, and, and just do it right away. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, is do your best to consistently make it real um, because we business, you know, when you're starting a business, you sometimes hide behind these, um, kind of false narratives of, well, I can't do it, or it's going to be too hard, or I don't have the money, or I don't have the resources, or, or nobody's ever done this. And you hide, you hide behind those excuses and you hide behind those kind of false barriers. So do your best to just make it real. Some, I mean, even in a very little way, you know, as in actually get a website up you know, pay for, um, you know, pay for the website or, or get the social media up or, you know, have as many meetings as, as, as possible. And, and don't, you know, don't do what, what human nature, um, sometimes demands where we just, we say, mm, scary, I can't do it. And by making it real, it allows you to have these small victories. And within those small victories, you start to gain confidence and you start to be able to say to yourself, wow, I think I can actually do this. And, and wow, this thing actually has legs. Um, but you can't do that if it's not real. I think that the world is full of of these great ideas that never got to market because people were, because it's scary. It's a it's a very scary thought, you know, to jump into something that hasn't been done. You know, it's that thought of, you know, I mean, how many times have business owners, you know, presented? I mean, we went through this too. I can vividly remember the first time my business partner was here in Denver uh, visiting. It was around the the holidays, and I had a holiday party at my house. And I had some of my good friends that were there and, and we started just telling people, Hey, we've got this idea for glamping and, and here's what we're thinking. And I can vividly remember everybody's face saying, Oh yeah, glamping sounds good. Um, good. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. And, and you can, you can, you can, that, that plays an emotional factor and, and that kind of, you know, diminishes your confidence a little bit as people are looking at you wide eyed saying, you know, they're saying, Oh good. That sounds good. But you can tell they're saying, what do you do? What are you thinking? What, why is this an idea? And so that, you know, that, that we're human and we can read it, you know, what other people are thinking. And when your, your friends or family, you know, are, are not, you know, they're going to be, they're going to have comments and they're going to have, 
they're going to, you know, you trust them, but at the same time, you know, you have to trust yourself over, um, everybody else. And, 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 you know, I think my business partner and I, you know, we've talked about this at length in the past, but one of the main reasons we wanted to start a business was because we wanted to bet on ourselves. You know, we've worked for other people in the past and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, we, we wanted to take an opportunity and, and kind of bet on ourselves and, and, and our potential versus betting on somebody else's potential. Good words of wisdom, man. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, joining us today. Yeah, no, anytime. Anytime. It was great to talk to you and have a good rest of your week. Have a great weekend and, and uh, thanks again for having me. Yeah, man. Keep up the good work. You too. Cool, Mason. Yeah, have a good one. Thank you so much. Yeah, again. you too. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you know somebody that would make a good guest on the show, or if you have a pretty cool story about the outdoors or adventure sports that you want to tell us, please call us and leave a voicemail at 812-MAIL-POD. That is 812-624-5763. You can also send us an email at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. Again, it is always helpful to leave us a review on iTunes. And if you'd like to be a supporter of the show, you can give five bucks a month at patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast and links for all that stuff is also in the show notes. So thanks again for listening and y'all get out there and do something so you can be on the show one day. All right, later. Also, don't forget if you want to save 20% off the best backpacking food on planet earth, go to peakrefuel.com and at checkout, use the code ASP 20. 